On this edition of the Michigan State of Sports, it's a little reset, a little catch-up episode. We're going to check out the Tigers as their season hits full swing, the Pistons as they hit the home stretch, and the Lions, let's be frank, it's their biggest day of the year, so we got to talk about it. That's all next on the Michigan State of Sports. What it do, baby? Little 29 throwback, little Kawhi Leonard, little Raptors, little Michigan State of sports. So glad to be with you. Tony Garcia, host and alongside the one and only, the man, the myth, the legend, the co-host, the grumpy co-host, we'll call him today. He had a fun weekend and now he's got to come back to earth. That's right. (laughs) Tony Garcia, actually, um, for once in your life, you actually described something perfectly. Um, No, I take that back. You're always on point. But no, listen, great weekend. Happy to be back. Don't get me wrong. Don't get me wrong. But had some some good times to be had with the brothers this weekend, the family, that sort of thing. But yeah, I'm a little bit grumpy today. I'm a little bit fired up. I usually am. But I kind of, I admittedly checked out for a little bit. Checked out for, we'll call it Thursday night into Friday and a little bit of Saturday too for our Detroit sports. And then dialed it back in today, full disclosure, recording on a Sunday evening here. And checking back in put me in the worst possible mood because it's just such a, it's such a slap in the face. And and this might sound dramatic and and. Here we go. Wait, wait 10 seconds and you're already going overboard here, Jake. But I apologize. It's just what I'm thinking right now. I'm grumpy because the reality is, and you can you can maybe talk me off the ledge here a little bit. The reality is our teams suck and, and, and I'm sick of it and I'm miserable. And I got my ass kicked in golf this morning by my 83-year-old grandfather and my older brother who hasn't been out yet this year. And, and they both just took me to school, put me behind the woodshed. And I played terrible golf. Our Tigers suck. And you know what? The draft is coming up. So maybe that can get me in a good mood. Because like you said, that's the best day of the year for the Lions. That is the best day of the year. Sounds rough otherwise. (laughs) I am not not one to talk you off the the Tigers ledge because I forgot how bad this offense was. I was really looking at the pitching staff all offseason and thinking like, man, I mean, the offense was all right last year. I mean, it was bad, but it wasn't the worst. It was the fact they had the worst starting pitching in all of baseball. That was the real downfall. And I mean, I saw the signs of another, like, I mean, Boyd couldn't be as bad. We'll get into what he's been in a minute. Uh, I mean, Turnbull is great. You got Mize and Scooble and, and maybe Manning coming and Fulmer should be healthy. And I just saw the amount of arms and I was like, you know, this team's going to be all right. I was wrong. This team is putrid. not. They're putrid, putrid, Tony Garcia. They're putrid. They're unwatchable. They're it's abysmal. Really, it's really, They're really miserable. Because... It's April. I don't care, though. Exactly. It's April 25th, and they're clearly this not good. I mean, the offense is not going to always be literally equal to you and me playing in it because that's that's not far from where we're at right now. But um, it's not always going to be that bad, but it's not going to get much better. I got a picture for you, and I don't know if you're as, as big of a fan of sports movies as I am. I'm sure you were, especially growing up. But Angels in the outfield, you know, you know when the, the dude just – goes ballistics in the clubhouse and takes the bat and tips everything over. Like that's what I would have wanted to do today after getting swept by the Kansas city Royals, the Kansas city bleeping Royals. I would have, I would have taken whatever meal was going on post game, 
flip the tables, taking a bat to my locker, throwing the, and I mean, we've all seen footage of any kind of blow up in the clubhouse. Usually someone's pulling those old phones that still have cords on them, throwing them across the room. That's what I felt like doing. And, and again, while we're in the Jake Reema bitch session, my allergies are worse than they've ever been before. I think I've sneezed 500 times today. So if, and when I sound like shit, the rest of this episode, you know why? I was gonna say you sound it. You sound like you're like you're like half swallow, about to like 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 you need to clear your throat. As well, it's I, I, I took better than me. Don't get me wrong, no, but I can hear it. No, I, I took some powerful stuff. It should kick in any minute here, but uh, it's been rough. It's been rough, but that's all right. That's what the Michigan State of Sports is for. We got we got great supporters here. We get, we got a fun listen ahead. We're we're gonna somehow rewrite this script and make it enjoyable to listen to for for maybe your Monday morning, Monday afternoon, Monday evening, whatever it is. That's what we're doing exactly. So here's the agenda: we're gonna tackle Tigers first because we already just sort of got started. Then we're gonna move into a little bit of Pistons. Just a quick reset. I know you want to get some of the Lions, everybody. Just patience. It's a virtue. We're all working on it. We're gonna get there. At the very end, we're gonna circle back Lions. Just make sure that Jake and I. You know, Jake can be a little flip floppy. He can be a little kind of a sandal guy. And All over. You, never know, you never know if he's still feeling the same way he was about the lines when we were actually on the same page last week. And honestly, that's what really scared me. That's why I need to check back in, make sure, uh, make sure the temperature of the room is okay and make sure we're feeling good heading into Super Bowl Thursday. I mean, it's four <laughs> days away. And so before we get into all of that, just a reminder about our presenting sponsor, Cutting Edge Landscaping, go to their website, a2cuttingedge.com, find out what they can do for you. It is a family owned and operated land serv- landscaping service based out of Ann Arbor. And I mean, you see the leaves on the trees now, everything is in full bloom. It's really a beautiful time of year. I mean, it's gonna be 80 degrees on Tuesday. It's just, it's just lovely. So it is nice enough to go outside, but you're, you're gonna hurt yourself. And frankly, you're not gonna do a good job if you're trying to take care of your lawn yourself. So don't try, leave it to the professionals at Cutting Edge Landscaping. Go to a2cuttingedge.com, get a consultation, let them know what project you're working on. And Joe and his team, if you tell them that you came from the Michigan State of Sports, will give you the best rate possible. All right. So another team, I was gonna try to make like a rate, like a, like a rate transition, like another team that needs a good rate if you're gonna try to give them a deal on a discount bat. I don't know what I was gonna say. The Tigers need help. That's what I know. You need help with your lawn. The Tigers need help with hitting. There it was. That was the I like time. That. Okay. I like that. All right. So I thought your segue into it was brilliant, though. You just didn't finish strong. That's all. Yeah. I've been told I don't finish strong. <laughs> anyway, Great on. starter, though. <laughs> yeah. You know, like it, the Tigers, they've got some good starters. They just can't finish anything because they suck. They're putrid. That's Abysmal. right. And I was Stop telling you right before we started recording, and you're like, God, look at you clicking away over there. I was like, yeah, you know, I'm trying to do the whole stats thing. Like, look at a couple stats. And I think Evan Petzold had a great one. Or, I mean, it's a horrible one, but it is, it is an enlightening stat, if you will. So, all right. Here's where the Tigers are at over their last 10 games. They are 1-9. and nine. They are hitting 56 of 304. That means, as a team, they're hitting 184. They have scored 18 runs, 1.8 runs a game over the last 10 games. They have walked just 13 times and struck out 102 times. They are striking out at an 8-to-1 clip compared to their walks. And they're hitting well below the Mendoza line. I don't know how many home runs there are during that time, but I think it might be like three or four in the last 10 games as a team. I mean, since they hit six or seven in that series against Houston, 
they have not hit a baseball. And so what I want to do, Jake, is, but because we said we're going to be positive a little bit, we're talking about three Tigers who have maybe impressed or exceeded expectations or not been horrible is really what we're going for here. So three Tigers who we like the best from now that this first month of the season is almost in the rearview mirror and then the three who have been the most disappointing. So we're going to we're going to go back and forth. Jake. All right. Listen, listen, I respect you as a person and as a co-host. And I think this is in theory. I like this. And I admitted it pre-show through our production meetings and, and all those good stuff that we, you know, hammer through. I thought this was a good idea. And then I thought a little bit longer. And then I watched today's game. And then I listened to the post-game coverage on 97.1 The Ticket, our flagship station here in the Metro Detroit area. I don't know why I'm talking like this. But point being, I couldn't come up with three people I was pleased with. I couldn't. I really couldn't. And I'd just be lying. And I promise to never lie. I need to tone it down. I don't know why I'm getting so fired up. No, no. Keep it Keep it up. No. Yeah, all right. Uh, but our listeners. A nine listen- out of ten on Tigers April baseball, then really you don't have a pulse. This is yeah, it's a good point. Our listeners, I'm not yelling at you. I'm not yelling at you. I'm just mad at the situation. And the situation is the rebuild. Let's go all the way back. Alavila, 2015, your new general manager. What do we have to show for it? It's been absolute shit since then. And I know like, I can't talk about it without, it's not an act. I just, I get fired up talking about it because it's just been so bad and it's gone nowhere. We are worse off now than, than when the rebuild began and we're further along from ever even Whoa. sniffing any sort of competence. And maybe I'm probably being a little bit dramatic, but I look up and down this roster. You want me to tell you I have three people that I'm pleased with? There aren't three people. There aren't three people I'm happy with. You want me to say Wilson, Wilson Ramos. Okay, six home runs eight rbi sure put him on the list he's been the only person that has done better than what i thought he would so he's exceeded expectations he's my one all right there's your one there was a lot to unpack there i know there was a lot to unpack there number one i'm going to i'm not gonna like we're not gonna walk all the way away from the ledge but we're gonna step back like five feet because we should still be looking at the ledge because this might require jumping off in a little bit but now is not the time my friend so just like maybe two how is that not how is now not the time it's, tony, tony i'm not yelling at you i'm yelling at the situation but it's april 25th this is the worst team in baseball this is their worst start since 2003 this is going to be a worse team than 2003 this is going to set baseball back decades no, this when team we, is not going to be worse than 2003 you think they're going to lose 120 games maybe 140 when we tell our grandkids <laughs> about the worst teams of all time and sure i'm being funny no. for a little bit but we're going to look back to 2003 21 and say kids we were on the other side of this great pandemic thing you know your your uncle uh, we got to say uncle jake because lord knows i'm never getting married never gonna find anybody and we'll die alone at least i'll be uncle jake for the rest of my life so i'll tell my nieces and nephews yeah it was april 25th 2021 i was on a podcast with my buddy tony and you know what i told him this was going to be the worst baseball team of all time and sure enough it was (laughs) <laughs> that's a, I can't wait to circle back from that conversation in five years and just have you be totally right. However, this team is not going to be worse than 03 or 2019. They are going to be worse than I thought, however, and that's because of, of, the, of the lack of offense. And I think you're right in the sense it's time to be furious with Alavila and Chris Illich. And the fact that we have been kicking this can down the road year after year and we said it when we when we had evan uh woodbury of m live on for one of our two tigers previews of course we had dan dickerson on as well and he is a tigers employee so he was not really allowed to say whether or not he felt if the tigers should have done a little bit more in the off season evan said he wasn't sure either which surprised me because 
everyone else who we've talked to affiliated with the Tigers or fans or what have you has thought that the Tigers woefully underspent this year. Um, this was not the year to sort of do the same thing as as last season when you're just getting one year rentals. Uh, I mean, this year, Wilson Ramos is the Austin Romine. Jonathan Scope is still the Jonathan Scope. Renato Nunez is a poor man, CJ Crone, who was already a rental. Like, you're j- nothing that they did, no signing that they made was actually to progress forward. It was just to tread water. And that's where I have a problem because the only reason that the Tigers should be getting better is right now is not because the the management is actively making them better. It's that people are getting older and they're getting more practice. And a lot of the, like a lot of this team is young with Scooble and and but guys like Badu and 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 Manning and, and and even some of the bullpen arms like Soto. They're coming into their own. And so yeah, you're going to get better because these guys are entering their quote unquote prime. We'll even see what the prime ends up being for these guys. But it's not because we're making shrewd moves or this or that. It's because people are just playing more and more time is passing. And so some of them are getting better by default. And that's the real issue. So, but all right, still quickly, I want to try to have three Tigers who are doing well because I do have one. Can you guess who that is, Jake? Um, I liked my, I mean, we're probably going to uh, include some pitching, some pitchers here. Uh, if I could talk, uh, I got to believe, I mean, Matthew Boyd has some, some value now. And I, I pray to God, maybe we'll trade him this time when, now that he's shown some value. So is that, is that, is my correct in my one guess? You are correct in your one guess. It is absolutely Matthew Boyd. Who's been good. He's been great. Don't stop it. Good. Go all the way to great. He's been great. His two and two record is extremely misleading. There is yeah, no. Yeah, don't even look at the record. One eighty two ERA. Very good. One eight two ERA. .84 WHIP. In his last two outings, he has given up one earned run over eight and two earned runs over seven point one. I mean, go back to his last two starts before that in Houston. He gave up one earned run over six point two innings, and then against Minnesota, it was three earned runs against seven. And hell, look at Cleveland. No earned runs in 5.2 innings every single start has been a quality start except for technically the season opener against cleveland because he only made it 5.2 innings i mean what there is there is literally nothing else that we could be asking for and oh no i agree with that yeah he could have been he could i mean he could have gone out for a ninth if it was like an actual competitive situation not not the tigers he only threw 89 pitches to get through eight he threw 11 balls i think was was the number after the first inning, in the, or no, in the second through sixth inning yesterday, in like a five-inning stretch, he threw 11 balls. That's I mean, insane. he was pounding the zone. And, I, and yeah, we're not going to break down all the X's and O's. I just want to give a little bit. And, and like, so that is a bright spot because Matthew Boyd seemed like a lost cause last year. He gave up the most home runs in baseball. He had the highest ERA of any qualified starter. And it looked as if the Tigers had Michael Fulmer themselves, not traded someone who was a great contract, young arm, with a lot of team control left, a coveted arm in the offseason. And it looked as if the Tigers were going to blow it again. But And they did blow it again. But but there was because they didn't trade him in 19, not because they didn't trade him in 20. There was no value to trade him last year. And so, and, and so they just had to hold on to him. And the other guy who I mentioned they did that with is another guy on my list. Michael Fulmer is starting to look like Michael Fulmer again. His stuff is really good. He, he shut out the Royals through three innings today. And I know they're, they're sort of piggybacking his starts or they're stacking. It's not piggybacking. They're stacking his starts with Scooble these days. So he'll go about three, four innings. Scooble will go about three, four innings. 
that that's that's the idea to to save to save innings on both their arms because Fulmer's coming back from injury and Scoobles a young arm. I get it. I want to see more Michael Fulmer. He looks really good, and you might be able to trade him and Matt Boyd this year. You're never going to get what you would have got if you had done it right initially. But that is a sunk cost at this point. Listen, I. Yeah, no, I, I've come down a little bit. You, I'm relaxing. My my heart rate right now is probably at like 150 beats per minute instead of the 180 it was at to begin the show. Um, and I would agree with you, especially on Boyd. Fulmer, it, it couldn't get much worse, so maybe it's bottomed out, and, and this is who he can be. So, sure, there's some value there. And Ramos, so there. We've, we've, we've collectively come up with three players. You're, miss, you're missing the, the last guy. There is only one more guy. And he's been really fun. Go ahead. I, I'm not going to say it. Go ahead. You know, oh, oh, but you know who I'm talking about. I have a guess, but go. Akil Badu. Okay. All right. That's what I thought. And, and it was fun. And it, it was fun and it was exciting, but I, I need more. I need more of a sample. Uh, I think people are going to learn to pitch to him. And because I'm a Tigers fan and because I'm negative and because this team has proven it time and time again, I assume that it won't work out the way it's supposed to. Yeah, it might not. But but what is the way it's supposed to? He was a Rule Five pick. True, true, true. You're right. You're right. You're right. You're right. I I I can admit when I when I overstep, and that was probably Akil Badu doesn't deserve that. What he's provided has already been more than than what we than what we gave up for him. Obviously, he's a Rule Five player. We stole him. He's he's been the best outfielder on the team, and that is more of an indictment. We, we we can't do that. Yeah, I would say we can't do the best on this team or the the best we've had or or a bright spot because everything else has just been putrid. And how many times am I going to say putrid in one episode when talking about the same franchise, but that's what it's been. I don't know if you've done it enough. So let's see, let's see if we can fit two, three more because we're going to go into the three most disappointing tigers. Now, before we move on from this, uh, from this love fest that we're giving, remember how pumped we were three weeks ago. Oh, you, I mean, you couldn't, you could not wipe the smiles off our faces. That's probably, maybe that's why like, yeah, that's why today's hitting so hard, probably, because it's just so it's so far 180 degrees the other way. And and that's probably more of an indictment on the type of person I am. I just go up and down like a freaking roller coaster, especially when it comes to the Tigers. The Tigers are the only ones. And and they're the the Detroit franchise I've always been a fanboy of and 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 struggle to look and struggle not to buy in and struggle to look at it through uh through the through the media's lens or however you want to describe it. But that's that's where I was. I was fanboy jaking opening day, the the home run in the snow, and I fell for it. I was duped, and I don't know why I bought in and believed it because we knew what this was going to be. Yeah, we got we got Charlie Brown for sure. They were six and six, and now they're seven and fifteen, and falling hard and fast. So, all right, three most disappointing Tigers thus far. I I just have to say his name because number one is Miguel Cabrera. Um, yes, yes and no, but all right, go ahead, go use you. I'll have my rebuttal. Go ahead. Yes, you will. I know he was hurt for 13 games, but do you want to know his, his, his stats this season? He is hitting great. I like a buck 11. 103. Oh, not even a buck. 194 on base percentage. He has one home run and three RBIs. Those three RBIs were in the first 10 innings of the season. It was the two run shot against Bieber in the snow. And then he had a, like an RBI ground out or something in the second game. Since then, he is one for his last 21 with six strikeouts. And I believe the one hit is a single. So he has precisely one extra base hit this season, and it came on the first swing or first at bat of the year. I don't know. Maybe he fouled off a pitch. I might not. No, you're, you're exactly right. Cabrera has been. But I, I, I'll back it with this, like, 
this is we're not building this rebuild around Miguel Cabrera. Like everybody, me included, will raise their hand high as I'm doing right now in the Zoom call and say Miguel Cabrera's contract bent us over and and you know what the rest. I'm not going to say it on the podcast and and it crippled us as a franchise. But it it it's this has been four years in the in the making. So entering 2021 Miguel Cabrera is not even on the top five list of importance in terms of the direction of this franchise and the 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 state of the organization and the state of the rebuild in and of itself so for that reason yes I'm obviously disappointed with the lack of production from your superstar but Miguel Cabrera like essentially aside from the the chase to 500 home runs and 3000 hits or whatever it is like what what are we looking for from Miguel Cabrera we need to be looking for production from the people the pieces that this rebuild is built around and that's been even more disappointing 100% i i could not i could not agree more that is the silver lining of this is is a lot of these guys who i'm quote unquote disappointed with did not mean anything long term, which is sort of the problem because that's who we were counting on this year. Because like another guy is Jonathan Scope. I mean, he has he's done he has done he has done nothing. And of course, I mean maybe we should talk a little bit about Willie Castro. And we talked about how his BABIP, his batting average on balls in playing last year was astronomically high and not it was just not a sustainable rate. He was hitting like four thirty on balls he put in play when normally you hit like 330. It was 100 points too good. And he's come back the other way a little bit. He's hitting like 200 this year, the same way everybody else is. And um, and yeah, we haven't got to see like um, like an Isak Paredes or, or, or some of the young guys with the young bats who, who, were, who were looking to. But um, I'm, I'm just looking overall, guys I'm disappointed with. So Jonathan Scope as well. Um, he's now one game away this year. He's played 20 games and he played in 42 last year. So he's played in almost half the amount of games as we had him for last season. This year, he's hitting 174. Last year, he hit 278. This year, he has one home run. Last year, he had eight. He has four RBIs this year. He had 23 last year. He has 12 hits this year and he had 45 last year. So he is about... At twenty, he's pacing at less than half the production that he gave last year. And then finally, it's the outfield as a whole: Robbie Grossman, Jacoby Jones, and and Victor Reyes. Um, Jacoby is, I believe, three for his last thirty-four. Jacoby was on my list, so go ahead. Yeah, he's three for his last thirty-four, I believe, um, hitting one thirty-six. Robbie Grossman walked seven times, I think, in the first two games, two three games. I know he has not walked seven times since. I uh, know he has struck out 77 times since because that boy cannot hit the ball. Um, and then Victor Reyes, the the old Rule Five player, who we've we've seen what Victor Reyes is. He is he's a a fourth outfielder on a bad team, and that's not a great MLB baseball player. No, none of these are good MLB baseball players because they play for the Tigers. All right, Jake, you're being negative and dramatic. Um, Jacoby Jones was on my list for most disappointing Tigers, and here's why I was having this conversation. I was having this conversation with my grandfather, who, again, 54-year season ticket holder, watches every game, goes to all 81. The dude, the dude lives and breathes Tigers, but that's not important. What we both came to the conclusion of today, while, while the sky is falling, Jacoby Jones, we officially know who he is, and we know that he's not a big league baseball player. We know 
enough of the book is out that Jacoby Jones, you can chalk up as, as a failed MLB player. Like he, he didn't, he doesn't have what it takes to, to make a big league roster and, and you'll never be good with him as, as one of your pieces. And, and I think today, again, I keep saying today, like the sky is falling, but now we'll say April, 2021 is where I came to the realization that Jacoby Jones is not a, not a big league baseball player. I think that's fair. He, he has been given ample opportunity and um, a little bit of that was injury. A little bit of that was bad luck, but I mean, he, he, he's getting his spot run against righties every single night by Akil Badu. And, um, and yeah, Badu is a little bit hot. Yeah. He's a little bit of a good story, but you should not be losing your job uh, that way. And, and he's not playing over Reyes or Grossman even. He's not good. With Mazzara on the, on the, on the bench. I mean, I mean, this, it, it's a problem. It's a problem. And uh, I don't know. I think the only play, I mean, the only position player that I think could still be part of this thing when, when, when things are going well is Jamer Candelario. He, he's the only one. I mean, Ramos won't be here. Cabrera won't be here. Nunez won't be here. Scope won't be here. Uh, Grossman's not the answer. Reyes isn't the answer. Jones isn't the answer. Mazar is not the answer. It's And I think more than, sorry to cut you off, but I think Candelario is exactly what we were just talking about is just a product of everything else being so bad that you look at him and you're like, oh, it's not terrible. It's not abysmal. So sure. <laughs> I've seen worse. Yeah. <laughs> yeah no, it's not putrid. Exactly. All right. So All right, I got another one for you and you might disagree with me. And this is more out of fear than anything else. And I'm being dramatic. The sky is falling. It's April 25th, 2021. You can tell me to pump the brakes. That's fine. I'm scared. I'm scared for my life. Casey Mize is not who we thought we were. Not who we thought he is. I am 60% not... I'm 60% worried. I'm not 60% to he's not who we thought we who we thought he was. He is having serious troubles getting through the lineup the second time. However, he is now very consistently getting through the first time unscathed. That's part of this progression. He gave up the four runs in the first inning against Oakland, so right. or whatever it was, three runs. Yeah. Yes, yes, that's right. Um, I mean, didn't but then he settled in and 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 he he is he's not putting full games together yet but he's looking good for 80% of every game. And I know that's, that's not what a one, one pitcher does. I get it. However, he, it, things look better this year than they did, than they did last year. Yeah. Um, but last year, I mean, he's just a young kid and that's why you can say pump the brakes on this. Sure. If you want to count last year, he was rushed up to the bigs. We can all agree that with that. And so maybe you still want to say this is his rookie season and we're still, you can't jump on a pitcher and, you know, only a month into the season. He's so young. I'm just, I'm fearful that we put all of our hope in him and obviously in him and, and, and Manning and, and all these young pitchers and everything. And it's just, it's, it's the way baseball works. And again, I sound whiny. Gosh, I sound whiny. I apologize. But baseball, you, you when, when you have prospects, they're, they're just that they're prospects. You're hoping one out of five work. And yes, Casey Myers was the number one overall pick. So you're pretty certain he's going to work out in some some degree, but he's not going to be Greg Maddox. And I, I think that's what we thought he was. At least that's what I had it made up in my mind. So maybe that's my own fault. But no, 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 it's not. And no, he was, he was supposed to be Justin Verlander. That's, yes. what, that's what was supposed to be happening right now. We were supposed to be getting our next Justin Verlander. If you look, Casey Mize has had, here is the reason we need to continue to pump the brakes. 11 starts. He has started 11 Major League Baseball games. Let's look. I'm going to... 
Nine of them. Gonna, can you vamp a little bit? I'm gonna look up Justin Verlander's first 11 career starts. So, <laughs> well, yeah. All right, all right. Bring it in. Bring it in. Bring it here. Jake Riemann, the ones and twos, too far. No, no, no. I, I honestly think with with Mize, and again, some of it. I keep going back to trying to balance or kind of walk the fine line between it being too much of a sample size or not enough of a sample size rather, and more of a product of the sky is falling. This team sucks. My expectations were for this team to start the rebuild or at least start make some, making some progress in the rebuild. And none of that has happened. So I need to, I need to, like you said, I think you said take the temperature of the room at, at one point in this episode. And there's an element of that. I, I do. And I, I fully admit I'm being dramatic, but I honestly thought we would see more, from Casey Mize to be encouraged by other than the one start in Houston. I mean, I know you're looking stuff up because that's what you do, but to, to, to look back at that start Casey Mize had in Houston, that's what I'm expecting every time. I don't think that's too much. I'm sorry. I'm dying. I'm laughing at myself so hard. You want to know what Justin Verlander's 11th career start was? Oh, geez. It was a complete game shutout of the Kansas City Royals. <laughs> Nine innings, five hits, no runs, one walk, seven Ks. He improved to six and three and dropped his ERA to 2.7. That was what Justin Verlander did. 11 starts into his career, which was nine into the second season. So, yeah, maybe it's fair to be a little bit worried because I was so ready to say Justin Verlander wasn't who Justin Verlander was 11 starts in. Yeah, he was. Mm, kind of was, <laughs> as it turns out. Uh, so, and man, this rookie year, goodness Jesus. gracious. he was. I, I saw you starting to kind of chuckle and I'm like, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm doing the whole like solo host right now and I'm probably pretty bad at it. And I was thinking like you were just laughing at how bad I was just oh, rambling on there. Oh no, I'm so bad. I barely even heard what you said because I was just laughing at, at, at the, and I, and I should have, should have had a little more back and forth. No, but, that's true though. I mean, freaking A, <laughs> what else can you say? Yeah. Um, so it's tough. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm not giving up on Casey Mize. No, I'm not giving up. I'm just fearful. He's not who we thought. I'm just scared. He's not a, a number one overall pick power pitcher. Ace save the program. That's something, the other part. something is happening with his fastball and, and it's, happening, it's not good it's happening with school too, because it does not have the same RPM as they did last year, which is sort of how you not only get arm side run, but a little bit of rise and also that late life, as we call it in the game. And so, yeah, our good, our good buddy Pat Caputo would would question what it looks like coming out of the pitch tunnel. It's all about the pitch tunnel. I don't, I, you know, he loves the pitch tunnel. Yeah, precisely, yeah. precisely. But I, I don't know, Tony. And again, I don't want to come across whiny. I've probably said that too many times. But you, maybe it's just because I I am ready to just do the the Tyler Collins, Tyler Collins two middle fingers to the. The way that this team has played and and performed, that's what I'm ready to do to them. But you don't seem like you're there. No, I I am, I am. But this podcast can only handle one of us. Uh, being, that's good. That's good. I'm selfish, and I'm gonna do that. I gotta I gotta take the other side. And plus, um, I mean, we've said we've we've said it a million times on this podcast. It is so hard to think straight when it's the Tigers and. I'm trying. I'm trying to silver line my way out of this thing. Yeah, of course, there are a lot of concerning starts, but 
It's a little too early to write off Matt Boyd. The guys who are being horrible this season, yes, everyone is bad, but the two who are most underperforming, Cabrera and Scope, are not long-term pieces. It's good that Boyd and Fulmer, I mean, this starting rotation went from the worst in baseball to now has top one of the four best ERAs. I don't know if it's in baseball. Just the starters, though. As a team, they can't get anybody out because the bullpen's so bad. That's correct. That's correct. However, it, it, it's a good sign because it's a lot of the same starters as last year. Um, which means they're either progressing or they found something or Chris Fetter is helping. Any combination of that is good. And anything you can get out of Boyd or Fulmer now is a bonus. That's a reach to find some positives, but I, I commend you because that uh, it was, it's, it's a reach, but what you're saying makes sense. I'll wrap it up. The tiger stuff that is, I'm curious your take on this, Tony, but I think it's also getting dangerously close to me being so fed up with this team. I don't even want to watch them. And I, it, and the thought of like losing interest in the Tigers in April is so depressing. It is. I mean, this is how many runs they have scored. And I mean, you know, they've scored 18 total runs in their in last 10 games. games. Yeah. This is what that sounds like. Zero, one, two, two, five, two, two, zero, zero, four. That's what that sounds like. Four, four shutouts. Uh, three. Yeah, math is hard. Three shutouts in 10 games. It's just... Shut out three times in the last 10 games. They have been held to two or fewer uh, in eight of them. It's a and... bad movie. It's a bad movie, and I don't like to watch bad movies. You want to watch something that's compelling. It's a bad right. movie. You know what's a good movie, or what turned out to be a pretty damn decent movie this year? The Pistons. And the, and not for the not don't laugh at me, damn it! <laughs> not for the entertainment value. Listen to me, roll my eyes. You can hear me rolling my eyes. Yeah, yeah, you can. It's like going down the lane towards the pins. Um, not for entertainment value. I'm I, I'm not saying that the the Pistons had a compelling storyline, but I think it might be. I don't know about safe to say, but fair to say, it looks like Troy Weaver just hit on three of his four first picks, all three first round picks. Isaiah Stewart looks like he's gonna be a dude. Sadiq Bey looks like he's gonna be a dude. He's a shooter. Killian Hayes, since he's come back from injury, has actually had flash. I mean, it was pretty rough. People were a little bit concerned. And of course, an injury is not gonna help things, but maybe it was just a little bit of a reset or, or a lot of bit of a reset. And he got to not not press. He was just happy to be back on the court, I think, instead of like, oh, I'm, I was the first point guard picked. I, I got, I'll play Halliburton. I got, I got, or Lamella ball was first, whatever. I I, I gotta live up, I'm top 10. Like he, he now he's just kind of hooping a little bit. Yeah, I'll, I'll agree with you on that. And th that was, again, what you're saying, not wrong at all. And, in fact, it's it's probably the more educated way to look at this, but my dumbass and my my stupid brain, here's how I think. The way the NBA works now, you need three superstars. Who do the Pistons have? Superstars. None. So that's fine. Need a lottery pick. Good God, we need we need a Cade Cunningham. We need a savior. I, I want Cade Cunningham. I, I don't even want to entertain the, the thoughts of the other one. Sorry, that's right, wrong. Well, then, we ha then, then we have to get the first pick. I don't know if he's going number one. Do you? I mean, yeah, he's, he's going number, number one, no chance. He's going number one. Okay. Then lose, lose every game possible. And I know that's again, simplistic mindset, but you watch today's NBA and it doesn't matter how well you develop players and, and get your role players and get your, you know, everything gelling in terms of chemistry. That, none of that, none of that matters anymore in today's NBA. You have to have three superstars and everybody on the floor has to be able to make a corner three, stretch the floor and the Pistons 
Again, I don't care if we're doing things the right way because Troy Weaver has done things the right way. I commend him on that. And yes, this direction, because again, going back to our other franchise, the, the, the state of the other franchises are, are so putrid that I'm forced to have some kind of hope in this Pistons direction. But it's, it's like, it's, it's the idea of being hopeful for something you still know can't be achieved without that star player. Right, but the Pistons aren't going to get a, 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 a top three superstar. No, you're right. Until, via free agency. You have to start through the draft. This is not LA. This is not Miami. This is not New York. And I mean, the Pistons rarely get really significant movers and shakers in free agency, which is why if, which is why they need to keep losing and have the rookies play well, continue to lose, get them that experience, yet get the benefit of the good draft pick. Get a Cade Cunningham, make the next step. Jeremy Grant stays a little healthier next year. He doesn't turn out like he's not really a three out of a big three, but he turns out, oh, this guy could be the four. Then you got shooters like Sadiq Bay. Then you got an energy guy. Like there are the surrounding there are the surrounding pieces. In years past, there weren't even pieces. There was right. nothing to work with. And again, I mean, guess maybe call me Mr. Slap or Mr. Sunshine or something. I don't know because everything's coming up, everything's coming up roses with me right now. No, I, I like it. I just think as if you had told me this is what we were going to get out of these three rookies to this point, I would have been of course upset about Killian Hayes. But the other two, Bay and Stewart, I would have took it and run. I would have took it and run. And it's not just that; it's what it means for talent evaluation, for decision making on draft night. We were moving pieces. There was a lot going on. And some of the nights, the picks that night that look so questionable are, I mean, yeah, it's also not fair a little bit what you're doing, Jake. Oh, well, we need superstars. They're not superstars. Not everybody can be a superstar. You need good pieces too. You need young pieces that seem like they fit well together. And that's what I I want. I hope I said that, that I I do acknowledge that those pieces are coming into play. So again, Grumpy Jake is here for whatever episode this is. And I'm here to stay. Nobody put me in a better mood, Tony. Okay, well then, uh, I'll, I'll quit trying. <laughs> yeah, so, just take the rest of the show, man. I'm done. His headphones are off. He can't hear what I'm saying. Blah, blah, blah. Hey, Jake, welcome back. I'm back. Yeah, I'm back. I'm back. Forget him. A little dramatic there. A little um, dramatic. So, so, Kate Cunningham is for sure who you, who you want because I have been talked in – I was, I was getting too cute with it. So part of me was like, I was like, I'm already talking about it with some buddies. I was like, part of me wants that number two pick, then trade down to four with a team. I don't know what team has like two first round picks or something and trade two and get four and 18 or 19 or whatever. And then instead of getting Evan Mobley at two, you get Jalen Green or Jonathan Kaminga or one of the G League guys. Or who knows, maybe something stupid happens and there's like questions about Suggs and he falls out of the top three. So it goes Cunningham, then Mobley, then Euro trendy guy who a team tries to get too cute in three at picks. And then suddenly you got a superstar waiting for you at four. And so obviously we don't even know where the Pistons are going to be picking, but I'm already trying to get the wheels turning about collect assets, collect assets, more spins at the wheel, more picks. And because I think all it has to be in the top five. There's a clear drop off at five in this draft. And so as long as the Pistons can stay there, and right now they are the, have the worst record in the East, which is beautiful, and they are just one game off of the second worst record in the NBA. 
So they're going to get a good spin at the, at the wheel. They're going to have, I mean, the team with the best shot, I think it's like 14%. And then it's like 13, 12, 12. I mean, really the top five teams are top. Right. They all have pretty similar odds. If the Pistons get screwed or another Detroit team gets screwed by the draft lottery, so help me God, I will, I will flip tables and have the angels in the outfield clubhouse freak out where he flips the tables and all the shrimp comes off and then break things. And, but uh, I agree with you at the top five thing. This, this draft is deeper. I, I don't know. I'm not a big, I'm not big on Jalen Suggs. I would take Mobley even, I would take Mobley over Suggs even in, in probably Jalen Green too. I, I'll be honest. I don't watch a lot of G League basketball. If you I do. Watch, I watch no G League basketball. Yeah. Kudos to anybody that does, but I just, I, I'm not too keen on Jalen Suggs. I don't know if he's going to be a superstar. And again, I think he's going to go in the top five and you just can't miss on guys in the top five. How many times we've said that on this podcast, I, I'm being too negative. I'm sorry. Well, no, it's okay. You're everybody's in, entitled to their opinion and entitled to be negative when when they when they need to be. Um, I just think that the Pistons did what they. I mean, not only did they do all this, like think about the fat that they trimmed along the way this year. They got off the Blake contract. They got off of Derrick Rose. They got they got Delon Wright in and out of here for for another random second round pick. I know this was back in the in draft days in the offseason. They got rid of Luke Kennard. They trimmed the fat. It is only people who are going to be contributing moving forward. There is no dead weight really left on this team at all. I know we had to buy Blake Griffin out, but that's really neither here nor there when you think about what, what that was looking like. So um, Tigers are bad, and the hope is low. Pistons are bad. Hope is medium. Fair to say? Yeah, I'll go with medium. I can be talking. Well, I'm feeling more positive already, Tony Garcia. Thank you. Um, I have gone from the sky is falling, everything sucks, to hope is medium. And hope is medium. Okay. And now, last but not least, actually, last but least, because the Lions <laughs> deserve to be late, is the, is the Lions. And we're, we're five, five days out, man. So where... How are you feeling? Are you pumped? I'm getting, I'm getting a little excited. It's lame, but I'm it's, getting... No, no, no. This is really... I'm really... Like, this is like human to human, just bro, bro to bro. I hope everybody that tunes in can acknowledge the fact that, like, sometimes we do have these conversations and you take the Big J Journal hat off. And I'm going to say this, and you can... It sounds like you're going to already disagree with me. I haven't felt... And this could just be me being an idiot, but I haven't felt the hype or even the excitement or the coverage or, or just the overall pageantry that comes with leading up to the draft that I felt in years past. And I don't know if I'm missing something, if I'm checked out, I admit it. I checked out from the whole sports scene Thursday and Friday. I played golf with buddies. I got after it at night. I, I, I drank some, I went to some places downtown Grand Rapids, uh, of course being safe and whatnot. So, and, and I vaccinated or whatever, but you, you know what I'm trying to say? Like I, I was not doing the whole, like, Read every article, read every tweet, watch every show, listen to every podcast. I wasn't doing that the last, yes, yes. I was unplugged for a little bit from the sports world. I was, and, and I just, even before that and after, and I'm not feeling the same type of pageantry, I think is the best way to describe it, leading up to the draft. Last year was unlike anything else because it was a virtual draft. We'd never seen anything like that. Yeah. No, I'm with you. Cause actually, and I was, you're right. I was getting ready to disagree. Cause I thought what you were going to say is like, it feels like more because it's a new era. I was going to say it feels kind of quiet around here for the lions and, and the top 10 draft pick. I mean, I think it's because it's seven and not three. 
Um, thank you for blowing your nose mid-podcast. That was cute. Um, I told you my allergies are terrible. <laughs> I know, you're good. It's a human factor here. Sorry he about that. Away. He backed away from the microphone. I could I could have let it ride. I don't, I don't even think the audio came through, but I felt the need to call you out. Um, no, no. Put me on blast, dude. That's cool. You're welcome. Uh, and so, yeah, so maybe it's because it's seven and not three. And maybe people are a little nervous about what the new regime is going to do. I don't know why you'd be nervous. No regime has ever done the right thing before. So, I mean, either you it, it stays status quo or it gets better. That's the good news about the Lions. Nothing will get worse because it doesn't get worse than the worst. You're already the worst. And so, um, yeah, it does feel a little, little toned down this year. I wonder if it's because the top three picks are theoretically known. Everybody knows Lawrence is going one. Everybody knows Wilson's going two. And there was a report today from ESPN that the Niners have their guy. And so I would, I'm glad that we somehow stumbled into this. I would like this moment to be the moment where I make it perfectly clear. I've said it before. I'm saying it again. I'm dying on this hill. I will hear no rebuttals, no arguments, no nothing. There is no reason any of the top three teams need to take more than 60 seconds <laughs> inflating their own egos and dislocating their shoulders, patting themselves on the back and kissing their ass and looking at how cute they are and dancing in the mirror just to see that their little team is on the clock. Everybody knows you're picking Trevor Lawrence. When it's eight sharp, hand Goodell, that stupid, ugly idiot, the, the card. And you know what, New York, Jets? Be waiting in line. I want this to move quickly. There's no reason I need to But wait. Tony, the TV, the, the, the ratings, the event, it's a show, it's a spectacle. It's stupid is what it is. I want to know who's going to go in the places where I don't know. I want to know who's going through. Like, even three shouldn't be taking that long. Like, maybe they can do it, like, for, like, dramatic suspense. But, like, we're just waiting for the sake of waiting at one and two. It's just killing time. And that pisses me off. I hate it. <laughs> Your time is valuable. You are Tony Garcia. No, 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 no. Time is money. Time is money, Tony. No, it's not like that. I just want to get to where the suspense is. Like, don't keep me waiting for something. It's a certainty. Everyone knows you're drafting Trevor Lawrence, so why are we sitting here? Like, like genuine question, why are we sitting here? I'm asking you. This is not rhetorical, Jake. Why would we sit here? You want me to muster up an answer? Yeah, yeah. I don't know. All right, I'll say the spectacle, Tony. It's a spectacle. It's the NFL draft. It's the bright like Dickie D. Oh, baby. <laughs> <laughs> all, right, all right, all right, all right, all right. You said your piece. Now I'm. Now I see how this kind of works. Like when one co-host goes AWOL and crazy and and off the rocker, the other it's up to the other one to like step in and be be the voice of reason. So I've been doing that the entire time. So it serves me right that you're just going off about taking too long on the first overall pick. And I could just say, pump the brakes a little bit, Tony. It's going to be okay. I, I hope so. I hope it will be. I'll be in a better mood once the draft is is here and has rolled around but this is your final pick you are on the clock for the final time at number seven are we're not saying they trade like i i still want to go on record that i'd be happy if they trade it back and right. similar to your pistons approach just more capital more capital more draft more draft more picks more picks more picks but i don't i i don't know it just doesn't seem very detroit lions to do that but maybe brad holmes is different so where are where where are you going um all right at number seven if penny sewell's still still around take him i don't think he's going to be i think he's going to go five to cincinnati and i'm i'm, I'm damn near tempted to say rashawn slater at, at, at number seven but i think you can homer. get him 
yeah, obviously Homer, go cats. I think you can get him later in the draft. So that kind of supports my trade back approach as well. And, and so again, we're, we're guessing here, but I said this last time, I would not be appalled with a quarterback taken at number seven. I wouldn't. I, I think that's fair. So I saw what I would call my ideal mock draft the other day. Is that enticing enough for you? It was by Chad Reuter of, uh, of NFL.com. Uh, I believe he's with the NFL Network or some something along those lines. Here's what he has the Lions doing. I don't think there's – I mean, this whole draft board, like – it, it, it's just so not going to happen. <laughs> Everything like, like it's, it's a pretty outlandish board. That's what mock drafts are for. Like they should just be retitled. This would be cool if it happened this way, but it's definitely not going to be. Yeah. Yeah. I know. And that's what we learn every year. It's everyone spends three months mocking and then nothing after the first three picks happens. But here is what I have found and agree. This is my scenario. I'm not moving off of it. This is what I want. It's risky with who the lines end up selecting, but it's essentially a combination of what we wanted last week. So not only do the Lions get Micah Parsons, but they trade for him and they get him. So here's what happened. The Broncos trade up from nine to seven so they can select Justin Fields, where the Lions should be selected. The Lions then trade back to nine and they get a third round pick this year and a second round pick next year. So like 2022 second and an additional third this year when you only got six picks right now, to move back two spots that's exactly what i want that is that and you can still you still can get what you want from that number nine pick so yes it's a win-win-win yeah you i mean you could get michael parsons you could get uh i mean a, a jc horn a quitty pay a patrick certain hold on hold on let's let's uh, i'm, I'm not saying that you're going to get a cornerback but i'm saying i would be furious with the cornerback just because of last year's debacle i i needed to say that yeah i mean i i don't i'm just saying that the guys who are getting mocked around there Um, the value at that pick if you will there you go that's the one and so yeah that's what i want did we i because i've and i haven't lost sleep over this but i haven't come to a conclusion on it where because i flip-flopped you know like those those old school cedar cedar saws or or that you would play with on the, the the playground you know that were dangerous as hell like if you really wanted to prank someone you could jump off of it and they'd go slamming down because of gravity it's it's kind of like one of those where i'm i'm at with the whole draft a weapon with that spot whether that be kyle pitts or or jalen waddle or jamar chase or or whatever or whatever wide receiver the best wide receiver because there are some flat out playmaking machines in this draft as well and i know the lions aren't in a position of need per se at tight end but they're in a position of need at wide receiver and and overall playmakers on record if the lions don't go parsons i want Jalen. i want i want the lions to trade back to nine or ten if they don't go parsons i want waddle and that's because jamar you don't he's not he's not still going to be there it's going to be waddle or Devontae smith i think oh and i think in this in this mock, let me let me see the second round. I remember the second round was 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 really good as well. Who uh, Chad Reuter had the Lions grabbing? It was Asante Samuel Jr. in the second round. So imagine okay. if the Lions could get Asante. Also, how old does that make you feel that Asante Samuel Jr., like one of the Pro Bowl cornerbacks from when we were growing up? Is is now. I was just about to say I always got interceptions with the Sante Samuel uh, and video games. Just trying to load the page. 
I was yeah. just about to say, we, we got somebody else joining the pod here. I, mean, I, think, that's, I think that's the, the signal to wrap this bad boy up. <laughs> what was, what was your final take? I want to make sure we're very clear. Oh, geez. Final take. Oh, that, uh, so you don't want to do quarterback at all. Cause I can still, I feel like I can be talked into five different scenarios in this. Whereas last year at this time I was two, 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 and that, that's just not the case this year. I, I am, I am, I guess I don't have a backbone. I don't have a pound the table. We have to do this approach. But, okay. But which quarterback? Cause I, I, I don't know. It doesn't like, I think I would take, I would take Trey Lance. I would take Justin Fields if he's there, but I don't think he's going to be there. And I would take Trey Lance over Mac Jones. So Fields, Lance, Mac Jones. So if Jones is there, would you take him? No, because I would assume no Mac like, Jones. So either yeah. Trey Lance or Justin Fields. If either yes. of them were there, you would not be mad if the Lions grabbed them at seven. Correct. Okay. What about you? What about you? End it. End it. This is your show. End it, my friend. This is not my show. This is our show, <laughs> and I will agree with that. I am. I am okay. I mean. That, I mean, it sends quite the message, right, about 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 where we're focused and where things are headed. And there are many more first-round picks coming. So if you think about that, it's pretty exciting. So Yeah, it is, because it's all we have to go on for the last 30 years of being Lions fans. Well, 28 for me. How old are you? I'm 28 as well. Nice. I was telling everybody I was in my late 20s, um, so I didn't sound as old. Yeah. That's accurate. Right. When you're hanging out with a younger you know, crew, 28 going on 29 and not 26 going on 27. Don't worry about it. Don't worry. Ooh, about it. Yeah. Had some humbling moments. We'll get... with a two. How about that? That's right. I'm in my late twenties and, and Tony, we'll get into that off air, but whoo, your, your boy was humbled a few times. It happens. It's for the better. I mean, yeah. I, I got my ass kicked playing golf today. Sorry. I, I, I'm rambling. I'm rambling. It's okay. We, 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 we sign in to hear you ramble. <laughs> yeah. That's when, and that's why I brought you on. So Jake, great stuff as always. It's going to be a big week in in the Detroit sports world. The Pistons try to keep tanking. The Tigers try to prove they don't suck, but they do. The Lion or the the Red Wings are doing a great job losing. They've they've looked good. Uh, since, got that down. It's the trade of Mantha and uh, Larkin is out for the year, which is bad news. But it's bad news, good news sort of thing. They will definitely be losing. In case there was any question about that. Yep, get healthy, Dylan. All the all, all the teams are set. They're set up for success, Jake. Just what we want. By losing. And and we will be back after the Lions draft. And uh, I don't know if it's going to be Friday morning. We might need to do a Thursday night pod first round uh, reaction. Uh, Or maybe we'll do it uh, Friday for the first three. We'll figure it out. But either way, you are going to have some opinions. And there's going to be a whole lot more draft talk, football talk. So get ready for it. Uh, For Jake Reitman, I'm Tony Garcia. This is the Michigan State of Sports. See you. See ya.